I'm going to have a short word today. Funny, the Lord gave me kind of a, a change things up uh, yesterday, and so I, I put together this word that I felt like I received from yesterday, and I still had some things on fasting, um, but that you can actually catch on, online uh, in an old message. So we'll work, we'll just, the Lord just worked it out, which is good. Two years ago, we did a series uh, on rhythms, learning the unforced rhythms of grace. Anybody remember that series? Yeah, it was really helpful. It was one of those moments where we knew that God was speaking to us uh, and helping us to understand that when Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. You're like, oh, great, a vacation. And then Jesus continues and he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my burden is easy and my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wait a second. So he didn't say you get a vacation because you need rest. He gives gives us a yoke, which is a work instrument that goes between two animals. And the yoke is there so that the younger animal, who's very vivacious and excited, can understand the pace and the direction with which things have to go. And the older animal sets the pace. So when I think about the light yoke of Jesus, I believe he's trying to get us to walk his pace. It's a pace of trust. It's a slow pace. It's a pace that's spirit-led. It's a pace that is where you are working out of rest, something that is hard for my American Western brain to wrap around. There is a deep trust in walking in this yoke. And this is the rhythm that Jesus is inviting us into. And so through our series two years ago, we did, I don't think it was 12 messages on different rhythms. We'll touch on a few of those in the next few weeks, just as a reminder. I'm calling this the Rhythms Reboot. And it's a bit uh, of, a, of a shorter series. Um, and the verse that I'm really thinking about is Psalm 90, verse 12. It's written by Moses, probably probably our oldest psalm, says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We talked about remember, reflect, and contend last week. We talked about the the rising tide of prayer in our city, in our region, and how the Lord is drawing us into a new dependence on Him. And yet, there is, well, I'll speak for myself, There is a lack of discipline, boundaries, the ability to say no, the ability not to worry about displeasing someone if I don't come through or do it myself for them. There is a pressure that I've been feeling recently, and I don't think I'm the only one. I think we have been running too fast as a people. And so this series is like a big red stop sign saying, it's time for us not to look like this. Because I think, I think this is far too much of our experience. I read a book named, uh, called Resilient this week by John Eldridge. Uh, I would highly recommend it. And John is talking about uh, the response of trauma and how after this global pandemic we've walked out of, we are living out a lot of the results of trauma in our lives whether it's hoarding or the way that we, we, are, we have a fear of missing out or different things. 
And I think we're still trying to find some kind of rhythm. The truth is, in 2020, when we went into that whole awful experience, we were running too fast then. So what does it look like? Well, the word that the Lord gave me is this, Selah. Selah. It's this Hebrew word that people will argue about what it means, but I've landed on what I believe it means, and there's some pretty good scholars that would tend to say the same thing. So we're going to go with this. It's this little word that we see in Psalms and other places. It's a call for a break, a pause, a rest. I've been composing orchestral music, meaning that you're writing the violin part, the viola part, the cello part, the contrabasses, and then little glockenspiel waving above the top, and a, and a harp that comes through, and then the horns with all of its brassiness, and the sweetness of the woodwinds, and some of my scores are 19 or 20 instruments deep. If they all played at the same time, what would it sound like? It would sound awful. There is something powerful about this little squiggly line that in music we call a rest. Sometimes in one piece that I was looking at this morning that I composed earlier this year, the whole score is going, it's going, it's going, and it stops for one bar, a complete silence, and then it picks back up. And that bar of silence is there because The line that I wrote next is what God has revealed to this person who's singing. And I wanted a moment to reflect on all these questions, on all this struggle, all this trouble that this this person is, is struggling with, and all of a sudden, bam, we stop. We say, no, but but Lord, I know you do all these things for me, and begins to remember and to reflect on God's goodness in the past, bringing it into faith in the moment and confidence and faith, hope for the future. So this idea of Selah, now if you are an NIV reader, and we generally use the NIV on the screen here, uh, you won't see this word. Those guys decided it wasn't important. Bless their hearts, it's okay. We can just tell you it's in there, and if you read NASB, you'll get it. If you read King James, you'll get it. Some other versions, you'll get it. But this word Selah, it's uh, 71 times in the Psalms, that's a lot. 31 out of 39 of the choir songs, you see at the beginning of the, of the, it'll say like Psalm 46 for the choir director of the such and such, right? This is going to be a song that's sung by a whole lot of people. This is one of those musical notations that's saying, here, you're going to take a rest here and you're going to actually take a minute and reflect on what we just sang. Three times in 11 verses in Psalm 46, which is what we're going to look at this morning. So I believe it's a call to lift up your head and pray. I think it's a pause to reflect, and I think it's a departure in dynamic. When you've been going fast and it's been crazy, you pause, you reflect, and you recalibrate. You move forward. So let's take a look at Psalm 46 this morning. Psalm 46, for the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Selah. God is our refuge 
and our strength. What is a refuge? Well, I went down the rabbit hole this in the last 24 hours about what all of the words that are used for refuge. And this word refuge is, is also used for hope and trust and shelter. It's the same word found in Psalm 91 here. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Here's the picture. The refuge, the hope, the shelter, the trust. Literally, this is the name of God. He is our re- God is our refuge and our strength. God has many names in the Bible showing his just so many aspects of his beauty, his, his power. But this is a defended, secure place. It's a walled fortress or a city. Later in the passage, we're going to see two more words for fortress. And they really point to a high up, like a, a high place, a strong place like Masada, if you've, ever, if you've ever been to Israel, perhaps you've been to Masada, which was this, this fortress up on a hill that, that Herod built. So God is this kind of presence for us, an ever-present help in trouble. What kind of trouble have you been facing? Well, since Christmas, you might be having financial troubles because you were so generous with money you didn't have. Now, all of a sudden, you're trying to figure out how to pay it back to the bank. You may have that kind of trouble. You may have trouble in your family. You may have trouble in your relationships. You may have trouble at work. In fact, you may have come this morning and you're wondering if you're going to have a job next week. There are many reasons for trouble in our life and there are storms that come. But in the midst of it, we don't have to be afraid. Though everything seems to go sideways, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. This is an earthquake big time, right? It's waters roar and foam. God still is going to keep us safe. There's security in him. And then Selah, we pause and we say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are our defender, our provider, our protector. Help us, God, not to step into a place we try to fix it right away. Help us to learn to wait on you, to contend for what you have for us in Jesus' name. So that's the first third. Then this next passage starts this way. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. So there's a river making glad the city of God. The river. So if you were under siege in Bible times, and all of the armies had gathered around your city, and you're safe within the walls, but they just basically are waiting for you to not have any water or food, and then you're going to give up, or you're going to die. And so when you're under siege with all of the things in your life that are disappointments, that are crushing blows, that are deaths to your dreams and frustration. It's like you're under siege. 
And yet, when you are under siege, what do you need most? You need fresh water. Well, so even in Hezekiah's time, he constructed this brilliant hidden tunnel so that the spring outside of Jerusalem would constantly give them a river that would keep them alive if they were under siege. And it's, this river is making glad the city of God. Now, a city is just a place, right? So this is not about places being glad. This is about the people that live there, right? How do I know that? Psalm 125, those who trust in the Lord will be like Mount Zion, which is, by the way, where, where that Hezekiah cut that into the, into the rock, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. You see, Psalm 46 is not talking about a city being glad. It's talking about the people who live there. And that would be people like us. And Selah, after verse 7. Wow, God, you're a God who loves us so much that you care for us in those ways and that you will make us glad. And that river being those streams of living water that pour out of us because those of us who've surrendered our lives to Jesus, we've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's through him then that we have all sorts of wonderful spiritual gifts. We experience his presence, his love, his power making us all glad. So if you've surrendered to Jesus, you have a river flowing in you. Now, we may have to ask some questions about where it might be getting stopped up, but that's for a different day. Verse 8, let's finish this passage. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he's brought on the earth. He's got power. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire, and he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Well, let's stop right there. There's one more verse, but this concept of be still and know that I am God is Selah. Okay, God, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to have to trust you. Okay, God, I, I, I feel really overwhelmed. Okay, God, I, I, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I'm strong enough. I don't think I'm smart enough. Suffering all those shame messages that the enemy heaps on us. But I know you are, and so I'm going to trust you. Be still and know that I am God. Last verse. The Lord Almighty is with us. He is God with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He has been a fortress for a lot of centuries before, and he can be a fortress for us now. A safe place, a secure place, a place of peace and strength and hope, the things that we desperately need. And yet, do we pause long enough to receive what he has for us? Isaiah 26 um, says, he will keep us in perfect peace, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Baked into this concept of pausing and reflecting and waiting is trusting 
and then receiving this perfect peace, which so many of you desperately need. So you go, well, that was a really nice psalm. Thanks, Andrew. That was great. But how, what, yeah, but how? But what do we do with this? Glad you asked. Here are some practical ways. I thought to myself, what are some practical ways that I might Selah this week? Because if you're not intentional, you'll think, oh, well, next month I'm going to get to this. Oh, well, next month I'm going to get, next week I'm going to get to this. And you will never get to it. You will never spend the time reflecting and receiving what you need from God. So here's a few of my ideas. They're not God's ideas. They just happen to be my ideas. Take a long walk or a hike. Sit in the chair by the fire. It's one of my favorite things. I just spent the last two days. I, re- I barely moved. It was so refreshing to my soul. Take a walk through your photo stream. We talked about this last week, and a few of you I know have done it already, to say, Lord, what is it that you did last year? Good, you know, what are those good things that you did? And what is it that you got me through? And what is it that I dare not forget? What I need to remember? How can I thank you for what you've done? Fast a meal and pray instead. Now, I know that we have handouts for fasting. Uh, We've called a fast for the next 21 days. And um, you might choose to fast food, um, or it may be something else. But just giving something up is not enough, in my opinion. Giving something up is like, is what people do to lose weight or, uh, okay, great, whatever. It's it's a matter of, Lord, what what am I going to spend my time doing that I just saved, right? If I'm not going to eat food, can I spend that time in prayer seeking God? The answer is yes, right? Or whatever that is. Perhaps some of you need to fast your most time-consuming time waster. You know what that is, right? Netflix. Facebook. Games on your phone. Whatever, right? I know gas is not that cheap, but some of you really meet God in the car, and it would be worth it for you to pay for the gas to go meet with God in the car. Drive to a beautiful place. Drive to the coast. Take a day trip. Drive for an hour. Drive for 15 minutes. Take a long weekend. But be intentional about turning off the radio. Just saying, God, what is it that you want to say to me? Some of you are so frightened to be in silence, and that's what you desperately need to be able to hear from God. But I don't hear God's voice. You do. You just don't realize it's Him. At Pray Chico, we have this location where you can go and pray. And it is such a peaceful, quiet place. Stargazing in silence. A porch swing with a cup of tea. Or just curl up in the corner of your favorite cafe with those noise-canceling headphones that are so wonderful. Other practicals real quick. What is this, Selah? It's pausing and thinking of times that you've, where God's already brought you through. Where he came through for you. He got you through. It's rehearsing how he's forgiven you. Sometimes we don't want to look back and go, oh no, I don't want to live in the past. No, I think I want to look at the past and go, God, thank you. That was pretty crummy of me to do that. And you, you, you forgave me. And I'm, I'm so relieved. Oftentimes we don't want to look at that stuff. Because we're afraid we're going to just go live in it. Don't live in it. Just look at it and say, God, thank you. You're so good. Think about how God is your refuge, your fortress, your stronghold. 
I even found something that's called the SALA study method, which is basically taking a pair, uh, basically this is the, the gist of it. You take a passage of scripture and you read it and you study it and you meditate on it for five days in a row. Chew on it. And I would say the things to bring, maybe your Bible, your journal, your worship music, bring some goals, not time limits, right? I'm going to do this for eight hours straight. Don't do that. Don't tell that to yourself. Just say, I want to go meet with God, or I'm going to go and receive this. I want to talk to God about these things. Don't bring your phone. And if you do, put it on do not disturb. I've realized that my phone is my greatest enemy right now. And we have a love-hate relationship. And it goes like this, right? There are some times I'm like, man, my phone's great. And there's other times I'm like, I want to throw my phone into the deepest ocean immediately. Now, my phone is not the problem. It's me. It's me feeling like I've got to be on call all the time. Or you feeling like you've got to be on call for your kids, for your friends, for the telemarketers. I don't know who else is going to call your phone, but... Turn off your notifications. I'm preaching to myself, by the way. This is where I am. Denise, can you get me to that last slide, please? Thank you so much. She's good to me. I can only do so much up here. Um, a couple Selah opportunities today. The first is missions prayer, and it's going to happen as soon as we close here in the fellowship hall. And um, it's not going to last all day. I think it could be a great opportunity for you to sow into what God's doing in the nations, not only through the Christian Missionary Alliance, but other, others who we support and we serve. Lastly, we have this prayer and worship night tonight, and I think it's going to be really, really, really great. And you don't have to go and pray with anyone if you don't want to. I talked about this last week. 2024 is going to be, for some of you, the year that you learn how to pray out loud. But you don't have to do it all right now, and you don't have to do it tonight. But what I want to do is challenge you to be with people who are praying out loud. Because I think that the Lord will begin to unlock some things. And then, go out on a limb and pray a sentence prayer. And you'll, you'll find that all of a sudden, it starts getting easier. Um... In this season, we are being, we're trying to be quick to listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying, even in the midst of standing up here. It's one of the reasons I don't use notes anymore, because I don't want to be encumbered by what's supposed to be next. In your life, it's the same way. Some of us, we want to really script everything out, and we think somehow that's being responsible, but that's basically saying, God, I got this. And that's not trust. It's not what God's called us to. He's called us to this incredible adventure of walking with him and listening to what he has to say and being led by him. And sometimes that means that the things that look like interruptions are actually divine assignments where he's inviting us into something. And yet we must be wise to ask him first before we just pick something up. Because my problem is I pick up way too many things that aren't the Lord. And then I'm doing this and Everybody's like, what's wrong with you, Andrew? I'm like, well, apparently I have no discipline. That's my problem. I'm working on healthy boundaries, apparently. Apparently I'm trying to make everybody happy. Apparently approval really means a lot to me. 
Maybe it means too much to me, and maybe it means too much to you. Now I'm preaching. This year looks different. Not because we're going to have an election. We'll talk about that later. We're not going to let politics ruin our relationships because Jesus is way bigger than that. But 2024 looks like a ruthless listening to the Holy Spirit so that you can begin to walk in a new place. That's where I am. I'm dragging you along with me. So if you'd stand, um, prayer folks, if you'd come down forward, if you've got a need, we would love to pray for you this morning. Um, We will be fasting on your way out. If you didn't get a little handout, Cindy Alon did a great job putting together and serving the church uh, by putting a little guideline about fa- fasting together. Um, and, and I did mention earlier, um, during our Rhythm series two years ago, I preached a whole message on fasting. So if you're like, I want to know more about fasting, great. Go to YouTube, dial it up. It's, it's, um, it's rhythm number 10, named fasting. Makes sense. Um, and you can, you can hear more about it. Want to sing this with me? Praise God from whom all blessings. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Go in peace. We bless you in the name of Jesus. And tell Gaylord and Patty happy 55th wedding anniversary. (laughs) 